The following story contains references to gang violence and murder that may be distressing to some listeners. I had a little wood shop in my country because I'm a carpenter, I'm a carver, and a designer on computer. Uh, as many uh, of you know, or I don't know if you know about our countries in Latin America, basically the, one of the biggest problems that we have or the country is going through is the gang member and the cartels because basically whole Latin America is linked to the cartels, even the, the government. And that uh, has um, led to the country in a very, very difficult situation that you get to a point in which when you leave your house, you are not sure if you're gonna, you're gonna come back. Until the, the, the last year, everything was well because everyone Everyone in my country, you have a little business or big business, you have to pay something called the renta, yeah. the rent, yeah. to the gang member for yeah. protection, yeah. extortion, and many things. Yeah. This guy, they came up to my door. Uh, basically, they, they threatened me, you know, and they said, you know what, we're going to give you uh, seven days. In seven days, we need, we need $4,000. $4,000. And I was like, okay. And uh, in that very moment, uh, all my whole world, you know, scrummed upon me. And I was like, God, what am I going to do now? Because my sister um, basically relied on me because her husband, he, he, he was lost. You know, he was given for lost by the authorities because, as I told you, you leave your house, but you, you're not sure if you're going to come back. This is our daily bread in my country. You know, because you live in such a fear that you don't trust anybody. You're walking down the street and you don't know if somebody behind you is going to shoot you or going to rob or going to stab you. You don't know. And uh, because in my country, unfortunately, you are allowed to have a gun. And this is get the situation worse. Because what happened? If somebody shoots you, you respond. And, you know, the massacre, the last massacre was last week. Yeah. Four members of a family, yeah. the whole family, was massacred. And I said, my sister told me, you know what, do you remember your friend? Yeah, all of them died. And I said, how come? Because some guy was covered the faces, came out at the middle, because they were that way. I mean, it's, it's, I would like to find the right word, how to explain these people's words. It's incredible. They know everything about you. You can hide them from them. It's, it's almost impossible. In my country, when you get in trouble or when the gas member focus on you, the only way that you can save your life is flee the country because you can find any protection. Not even if you go to Guatemala, it's the same. It's because it's like a, the guns member is like a network and they are connected, they are linked. Basically, they are ruling the country and the government, they can do anything. And, uh, uh, but the guys that work with me, they were shot in the leg. You know, like a demonstration, okay, okay, this is going to happen, but I'm going to leave you like a little message. I don't know if you know or you ever heard AK-47 close to you. If you don't, it's something that you won't forget, never. And life's going to stick in your brain, you want to get rid of it sometimes. I have such a nightmare sometimes. I say, sometimes I dream myself and I see myself walking down in San Salvador and I say, hey, when I came here, I was, I'm in London, what am I doing here? And then when I wake up, I'm here. Yeah. And I said, yeah. oh my God, it's, you know, it's, it's difficult. 
if you complain, you can't even report to the police because if you do that, it's worse because they send their information. They talk with, because they are connected. They say, you know, somebody came here, I want $500, and I'm going to give you the whole information about this guy. Everybody knows that's in El Salvador. Just look back in time. How many people has died? The justice is just a name, but it's not an action. It doesn't exist because police are very corrupt. Go the government is very corrupt. You know, it's difficult to fight back because if you do that, if you do that, it works. And you have to think about your family, what's going to happen to them, right? Basically, you feel like helpless because where are you going to run for help? Where? Or who are you going to help you out? Just God. I mean, to be a Christian in El Salvador is something, it is something like, oh, I want to be a Christian. No, this it's, it's, it's a necessity, you know, because you need his protection. Every single day, the, the rate has increased, you know, the people disappear. They're missing people. There is a place called El Playón, and I had the picture. If, for example, if one of your relatives is lost, you go to that place and try to find it in, in the middle of the bodies. Because they, are, they just throw the bodies like a dump or animals, you know, and you go to that place and you look for your relatives because sometimes they burn the bodies or they, they smash your face so you can recognize or cut your hand because when the, the police come, they do the fingerprint and they didn't, I mean, basically you are buried like a non-person because they can identify you. You know, DNA doesn't exist. It's just a name, but it doesn't exist. And then the people say, okay, I just find the head, I just find the arm of my relative, and this is it. And nobody say anything. I left behind my sister and my niece, and I left behind them. I'm worried about them because the cast member, uh, when they focus on you, they usually, they chase you up. Hardly ever they, you know, they, uh, like retaliation against yeah. your family. Yeah. It doesn't happen, it doesn't work that way. Yeah. But when they tell you they're gonna kill you, they're gonna kill you and they don't play the fool. I mean, they don't even give you time you to gather your stuff. Yeah. I have to sell everything in three days yeah. and I get some money and I bought my, uh, I bought my a flat ticket and I came here, but uh, it was not easy. Uh, today I go talk to you about my experience when I came here the yeah. very first time. Yeah. And um, I remember that day uh, when the airplane landed in London in Heathrow. Yeah. It was about 4.30 p.m. Yeah. When I get off the plane, I began to walk and uh, in my mind came through a lot of different thoughts. Yeah. You know, it's like, a, God, help me out because I don't have any idea where am I going, what am I going to do. Uh, I, just, I just followed the people because I didn't have any idea what was the next step to do. You know, thinking my friend, my life was left behind in my country and what's going to happen with me, with my future. If I was thinking many things like I don't know if I'm going to be accepted or I'm going to be rejected. And then I began to walk in. And I found some people and I said, what is the exit? Because <laughs> this, this airport is huge. It's overwhelming. You feel like a, like a dot, you know, in the sand. There was like a, 
elder person, you know, came up to me and he looked at me like, uh, because I was like a little lost in that yeah. very moment. I didn't, I, I didn't know which way to take. Yeah. And he asked me like, uh, uh, excuse me, sir, may I help you? And I said, yes, please. I don't have any idea what is the exit, but I mostly look for the custom and immigration. And I said, oh, he said, are you a asylum seeker? And I said, wow, how did this guy know that? Mm -hmm. He showed me the way, he said, just get the, get the line or the queue and then uh, they're going to ask you. And there was like a, a few rows of seats, mm. and I was sitting there uh, waiting for my turn. Mm. And then in uh, that very moment, I minuting, you know, as I told you, I still was like, confused. Everything was confused for me. And after that, uh, when I was called, one of the officers said, OK, I want you to give me your passport, all the identities you have on you. Mm. And they took me a picture in that very moment. Yeah. And then I say, okay, follow me. And he took me to a room like this. Mm. And, Do you remember uh, the date? Uh, yes, it was a Saturday, uh, October 3rd, Saturday. It was a Saturday. 20? Uh, last year. 2021, yeah. 2021. Yeah. Mm. And um, <clears throat> I was there. And after that, I was, they checked my, my luggage. Yeah, you know, course. they made me open it. Yeah. And the first thing the officer asked me was, do you have something sharp mm. in your luggage? And I said, well, I'm a carpenter, I'm a carver wood, and uh, I do sculpture, and I brought my tool because I thought it's, you know, I'm, I may need it later. And he said, all right, show me. And uh, he begins to check, and I said, I was in my mind, I was thinking, God, please, hopefully they don't take me this from, my, from me because I really need these tools because for me it's sportive because I can do something out of nothing. Mm -hmm. But the guy was very, very um, uh, thoughtful, mm -hmm. you know, towards me. And I said, and I showed some picture of my work and I said, wow, did you do that? And I said, yes. Mm -hmm. But he said, okay, uh, listen, um, okay, okay, put, put, them, put them away. When he said that, I feel some relief. And I said, wow, thank yeah. you, Lord. Yeah. And I put everything, you know, away. Mm. And he said, next, uh, we're going to hold an interview. Mm. And I follow him this, to this room. Mm. And he begins to, you know, he got my, my fingerprints yeah. and a yeah. scanner. Yeah. Yeah. And we be, the guy was very, very... Um, Welcoming. Yes, he was very, very um, uh, polite. polite. So he was, yeah. Yeah. you know, he... Yeah. he he gave me a lot of uh, confidence, you know. And then he told me, okay, next we're gonna go to another room. I don't know if you need uh, an interpreter or whatever. But I said, well, uh, due to the situation, this is legal stuff, and uh, you know, I don't wanna make a mistake. Yeah, and I said, okay, right. I'm gonna need the, uh, a translator. And then when I was in that room, in the interview room, mm. they began to ask me, what is the reason I came here? And I told the story I told you, then I showed the proof, the letter they gave me, and everything. And he said, wow, okay. Uh, it took me like uh, three hours. Uh, anyways, after that, afterward, they took me to another room. And he said, his name is James. I won't forget that name, never. I won't forget ever that name, because that guy was very, very uh, encouraged me. You know, he said, no, don't worry, you know what I mean? Uh, uh, we're going to support you, you know. Okay. And the guy told me, okay, let me tell you the truth. We're going to search him. I said, is that okay? Yeah. I put forward my whole information to yeah. demonstrate yeah. I'm not a delinquent or criminal yeah. or I'm fleeing from my country because I did something wrong. Yeah. Yeah. 
and I demonstrate them. Here is my all information. You can do whatever you want with that as long as you help me. And I say, okay, I like your attitude. And I say, good. Some of the guy was very nice, but some other was different, you know, and I understood the situation. And I was there, and I was offering some food, tea, all those stuff, you know, like a snack. I was completely tired because the journey took me like a 13 hours long, you know, because 12 hours, uh, uh, 10 hours, you know, from El Salvador to, 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 to Spain. To overnight and then you get, yes. yeah. There was other people around me with the same situation, yeah. different nation, yeah. different uh, languages. Yeah. And they gave me like a mat in mm. a, a blanket. And I just, I just slept. When I woke up, it was like 2 a.m. in the morning. Mm. When, they look at, when they looked at me, that I was woke up, uh, they called me. You know, they knocked at the window and said, come on, and say, okay, okay, that this is gonna be, this is gonna happen to you, okay? I'm going to give you this paper, you know, I want you to read it first because I know you understand English a little, and say a little bit, okay? And I read it, and he said, okay, uh, since you have $400 in your pocket, we're going to let you go in, you know, I'm going to let you go in, you're going to be free, look yourself for a hotel, try to survive with this money over the, uh, within the tenth or 11 days, and I said, but, but how come? I mean, I don't have any idea. Uh, you know, I'm not, I don't have, my phone doesn't have any internet, you know, and I said, how am I going to do that? And the, one of the guys escorted me to the, you know, the, to the exit, you know. And um, it was cold, it was dark. And I was alone, I just saw like a big rat like this. <laughs> and then I, I just closed my eyes and I said, Lord, what am I going to do? I don't know anybody here. And then when I opened my eyes, I saw like a security guard with yeah. some people, maybe they're like a airport, the, the staff. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, guys. Yeah. Yeah. They say, what's your problem? Okay, this is my problem. I just was kicked out of here, but I don't have any idea where to get this so and that. So you have the papers? I just no. have the paper. Yeah. Yeah. And the, one of the ladies, she was like an African descendant. Mm. She was very nice and she said, oh, let me see, do you know my father? No, I say, as long as you help me, is that okay? And then she begins to read the paper and say, wow, this is a very awkward situation. And this is weird. Why did he do that? You know, somebody who doesn't know the country. And I, she gave me a contact number to say, these people are going to help you out to find a shelter. That was like uh, 3 a.m. in the morning. And she said, you got to wait here because I mailed them and they're going to come and pick you up. When she told me that, I feel more um, you know, like a, some relief, you know, yeah, come to my life and I say, wow, thank you, Lord. But it wasn't. <laughs> it didn't happen. Never, never came. The person never came. It was, it was uh, Sunday, it would be, and uh, like 12, like one in the morning, uh, in the afternoon, nobody came. I was there and nobody came up. But there was a lady that she spot me. She's like, uh, this is elder person, she was like uh, selling tickets or something like that. And she come up to me and say, excuse me, say, do you have any problem? And I say, I got a lot. Oh, okay. Okay, do, do you mind if I uh, can ring for you? And I said, yes, thank you. And then she called. And I don't know what she, the conversation was running because she moved a little away from me. La, 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 la. She was like a little mad. She looked like a mad. La, 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 la. You know, I couldn't hear that was the conversation running. 
And she said, okay, they're gonna come within an hour. And I said, all right, in an hour it's okay, because I've been here over the last 14 or 10 hours. And uh, it wasn't until five in the evening. In the evening, I was hungry, I was thirsty. And, um, and the guy told me, okay, uh, this is the situation. I cannot help you out. When the he guy said that, who came. The guy, at last, he arrived. At, you know, at the end, he, he, he get to the place. He said, I won't be able to help you. And I said, wow, really? How come? It's because the situation is different. You are not a homeless. And my uh, organization, uh, which I run in, is about homeless people. And you are not a homeless. You are a silent seeker. <sighs> Okay, can you give me 20 minutes? I need to get my laptops. And I said, take an hour along, as long as you help me out. And the guy went to his car or something and bring the laptop. And he began to play for me. He said, how much money do you have in your pocket? And I said, $400. Okay, follow me. I'm going to show you a place. You need to exchange this money, you know? And uh, they gave me 228 pounds. $400, and I was just given 228 pounds. And he said, oh man, this is very challenging for you. You know what? I'm gonna try to find something cheap or affordable. And the guy just begins to search him. He said, I have two options, but I do recommend this one because it's close to the station, the train, train station. And he find me a place in Rosella Square. I won't forget that name. And uh, he said, go there and you're gonna find it. And I said, okay. And I grabbed my bags and I began, and uh, when I saw the train, I said, okay. He just, the guy just looked at me and uh, in that very time he said, all right, good luck. And he left me in the train and the train begins to get full of people and I couldn't see that, the thing, you know, the, the screen, and I was like, oh my God, I wanna miss it. Until I heard when he said, what's in the square? Here it is. I grabbed my, 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 my luggage, yes, and I get off the train. And then when I was upon exceeding, uh, I don't even know how to use the ticket because in my country we don't have such a things. And I just get through and I grab my Louis and I say, I look for this place. Oh yes, it's just right in the corner, you know? And I keep walking and uh, right in the corner I find somebody and I say, hey bro, I look for this place. I don't know, I say, oh yeah, this is right here. Can I show you if you want? Because it was for, it turns out that this guy from uh, Michigan United States, because I spoke this English, say, where are you from? America. Really, you do? Brother, I look for this place. No, 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 no. I'm going to show you. Let me, let me, let me, uh, let me help you out with the lawyers. I was kind of worried because he grabbed the one where I had my tools and all the stuff. And I said, hopefully this guy don't run away with my stuff. But no, the guy was very kind. He let me in front of the door. He said, do you want me to help you out with the... No, and I said, no, I can work it out by myself. And I said, hey, thank you, man. God bless you. And then I get into the, this hostel. It's not even a hotel, it was a hostel. When I began to, you know, downstairs, it turns out to be a, like a basement or something. But the room has over 16 beds. It's a back bed, you know. 16 people in a small room, like maybe six by six meters a square. And I was, as soon as they opened the door, just, that smell that give off is like, a, wow, what is this? And then he said, wow, this is your bed. Fortunately, they give me one of the, the lower bed, and I said, the bottom. And I said, okay. I remember that day I sleep like I, never before. 
and I wait till the next day. The next day, I just woke up, you know, and to believe in that I'm still in my country. When I look, the place is different. And I'm like, what am I doing here? Oh, I'm London, man. Eh? I forgot. So and how I, long did you stay in that? In Eleven that days. Eleven days. After ele the, when I get to the... Eleven days. Uh -huh, I called them and said, because basically, my, I pay 11 pounds a day. I need to make miracles. When I get, uh, when I have 10 days, now I call them and I say, okay, I just call you because I was told that when my money is running out, uh, oh, yeah, okay, well, give me the address, give me uh, your postcode. We're gonna pick you up within an hour. When I was finished to packing my stuff, my phone rang and said somebody with uh, like a Middle East accent said something like, I'm here, something like that. So I couldn't understand. I had a hard time to understand him. I said, okay, I'm coming. And he took me here. You know, it's... Um, they took you to Reading? To Reading. Okay, straight uh, to, to the... Yeah, to but Reading. the guy left me like a two block behind. Uh, yeah. No, two block away from the hotel. He said, did you see over there, George Hotel? Yeah? yeah. That's the place you go. And I said, why don't you go and leave me in front? Because no, because I cannot. And I didn't argue in that very moment because I still, you know, I feel, you know, I still feeling like a little confused and stuff like that. So you've like been that. in the hotel since when? And I arrived on October 13. Yeah. And uh, then I was there and I was taken to a room. When I, get, when I got to that room, I was very, very grateful, you know. Do you have well, any children? Uh, no, no, because when I was 35 years old mm. uh, with my partner, we want to build up uh, a family. Mm. And uh, at the beginning, we thought that her, her pro it was her problem, mm. but it turns out that it was me. Mm. When, let's say you get to your stay in the UK, what would you, what you do? Uh, you still want to do carpentry? I would like to. I would yeah. like to specialize because I can. Um, I, I use to, yeah. you know software and design stuff. Yeah. I would like to do that. Okay. If I had a chance to study yeah. the computer design, I would like to because you oh, can apply yes, yeah. in construction. Yeah. Because I'm a carpenter, I'm yeah. a carver, and also yeah. I do some you know in computer. Yeah. If I was given the chance to stay here, mm. I would like to do something. I would like to do something not only for myself, not only for my own good. I would like to support other people. I would yeah, like to teach yeah, yeah. that uh, the things I know. Yeah. I would like to uh, convey to other people and say, yeah. hey, you know, you want to learn? Mm. Have you ever carved a face? I can teach you. I know how to do that. Yeah. I would rather be like a more like a horse than a cow. So I consider this place like a cozy place. So yeah, you are very, very welcome. Cozy, yeah. You know, and they give you some confidence, you know. Yeah. And not only that, it's a place that you can learn many things. Yeah. And I see how do they trick to the people, you know, homeless people or whatever you call it. It's like a fountain in the desert, you know, because yeah. you feel like, uh, okay, uh, God bless these people for what they are doing. Yeah. It's a very nice place yeah. to live mm. in which you can breathe some peace. Yeah. Um, so far, the people is good for me, you know. Mm. I have never heard something slur at me or you know, racist stuff, you know. And um, it's something that really called my attention, you know. When I go out, mostly on Saturday evening, mm. the city is very, uh, like a festival, you know. Yeah. A lot of people you happy, buying, eating, yeah. a lot of kids playing each other. Yeah. It's very nice. It feels like a Christmas on any time, you know. Mm. And I said, Wow, this is, you know, it's just, ah, safety, you know, you feel safety. safety.
This is a Baker Street production. It is part of the LifeSpring Stories audio series available on podcast platforms or at bakerstreetproductions.co.uk. To find out more about our production and the people involved, visit our website or follow us on social media.